name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So, today the gospel text is very beautiful, the power of our Lord and God and Savior, Jesus Christ, even to the unbelieving, help my unbelief. We also celebrate today St. John of the Latter, one of the great saints of the church, that in his example continues us to continue to move forward in our spiritual journey. What I want to speak about today comes from the passage in Hebrews, um, and the title of the homily is God's Promise and Unchanging Purpose. I think it's important that we kind of review just a little bit of the epistle, Uh, So that through two unchangeable things in which it's impossible that God should prove false, those unchangeable things are his oath and his promise, we have fled for refuge, might have strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner shrine behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf having become high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So uh, at this point in Lent, I always need some encouragement. (laughs) It's like, this is after the fourth week, it's like I'm dragging myself through the next two weeks, praying that God helps me get to Pascha. But there's always so many beautiful things that happen that uh, I think we have to take a look at it from that standpoint as well. So what is this promise and this unchanging purpose of God? His promise was made to Abraham 4,000 years ago. And it's a promise he makes to us. I am your God and you are my people. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit says to you, I am your God, and you are my people. Yeah! Yeah! Wow! I am your God, and you are my people. I am the creator of the universe. I sustain everything. You're my people. This is, a, this is, this is his promise to us. His promise includes these words, very important, and I love you, and I love you, and his purpose, I'm doing everything to save you, everything in your life I've brought to you to save you, and through union with my son, you've inherited the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven belongs to you, I'm doing everything in your life to save you. I love you. And through union with his son, I am giving you the eternal kingdom of God. Now this is reality. This is the unchanging reality, the unchanging purpose of God. I am your God. You are my people. I love you. I'm doing everything to save you. And through union with my son, You've inherited the kingdom of heaven. We should put that on the refrigerator door, on the bedposts, everywhere. Unchanging 
This does not move. You know, we move, the world moves, this promise and unchanging purpose of God does not move. We need to see this as such an incredible anchor, a solid place in our, in our life where this kind of sits in the middle of who we are. Who are you? I'm a child of God, and He loves me, and He's doing everything to save me. Wow! And I've inherited the kingdom of heaven. You're not, you're not as excited as I am about this, obviously. Of course, I've had all week to think about it, so. So, in the text of Hebrews, it also says, we fled for refuge, you're a sure and steadfast anchor of our souls. So, uh, let me back up. This unchanging purpose, the I, I love you and I'm doing all things to save you. Now we kind of stumble sometimes. We understand that, but we stumble a bit because perhaps we're asking the wrong questions about what our life, what circumstances our life are about. So Mother Victoria, a beautiful um, newsletter she wrote in her letter to us. Um, these I'll just read this. Reading once again this Lent, the life of St. Seraphim, we came upon his wonderful advice to a pilgrim seeking counsel about how to overcome the passions and find peace in his heart. In essence, St. Seraphim told him the following. When you're tempted, deliberately pause. Stop. Ask yourself the question, what's God trying to show me? And pray to him himself, asking, what is, what is it you're trying to teach me? If you make the effort to focus on this question, the temptations, whatever it will be, will evaporate. So let me read this other uh, comment from her, because it's important. Has anyone hurt you? Has anyone disappointed you? Betrayed you? Your thought should easily spiral down and drag you into anger and depression. Have you suffered some heavy loss, a loved one, your wealth, your reputation? Have you become ill or had an accident and been injured, perhaps even to the point of lasting disability? In such circumstances, even faithful Christians find themselves losing what one might call their spiritual balance. Mistakenly asking, how could God do this to me? Why is God punishing me? But once the question is altered, and one asks instead, what is God trying to show me? What is God trying to teach me? Balance is restored. Chances are, what we are trying to show us is our weakness, our shortcomings, our sins, and the strength of the passions that sometimes without our knowledge enslave us. It might or may not be to take time, but we come to realize that through all the experiences that befall us, God is doing all he can to bring us to our senses and set us firmly on the path of salvation. This is such an important part of our spiritual journey. When we come into difficult times, we need to ask the question, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? 
not why is this happening. That's the wrong question. That takes us down a difficult path. The right question is, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? I look back on my life and the more difficult struggles where I was asking the question, why? As soon as this question flipped to what are you trying to teach me, my relationship with Christ began to grow. I began to look at the, my circumstances in a different light. So I'd encourage you very much to see how this can flip our, uh, our, our idea, our thoughts about how we um, engage our life. God is saving you 24-7. Everything he brings into your life is for your salvation. Everything he brings into your life is to teach you something about him or you and your salvation. That is such an important piece. Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Allow that to become a thought that kind of jumps into the front of your mind. Not why. Don't ask why. God knows why and you don't. Just remember that. Just at, It's such a beautiful thing. Thank God for Mother's words to us. Uh, so we have fled to you for refuge, a sure steadfast anchor of our souls. So this other reality that we understand that I love you and I'm united to you in your baptism. God is with you. The question isn't, is God with you? The question is, are you with him? That's the question. It's, it's never, is he with me? Because he's eternally with you. He says, I will never leave you. With you, I'll never leave you. I love you. I want to, I'm doing everything to save you. The question is, are we with him? So the spiritual life, it's really interesting. I remember reading, and it was just, it's summarized very clearly. To draw near to God and dwell in union with him. That's the spiritual life. To draw near to God and dwell in union with him. Because he's with you. We have to understand that and keep our focus on Christ. The great example of that is Peter in the boat when he sees Christ coming to him on the water. And he, and he puts his clothes on because he's naked. I still never get that. Why you put your clothes on to jump in the water? Like, well, I guess we'll, I can, we'll ask him when we get there, right? Peter, why did you put your clothes on? <laughs> well, I guess, well, we'll find out. I have no clue. Um, so he jumps in the, dumps in the water, and he's walking on the water. Why? Because his eyes are on Christ. And then he takes a look at the waves and the storm. And then he sinks. That's just so perfect. If our eyes are on Christ, he's in us, and we need to keep our focus on him, we stand above the waves. We stand above the confusion. We move in a direction with the help of God uh, through life's turmoils, with this anchor, this hope for us to keep us above the difficulties, the struggles, the emotions of those struggles that take us down. So keep, our, keep your eyes on Christ. He's in you. Be with him.
Okay, lastly, um, to seize the hope that enters the inner shrine. And this I have as my I so want all of you I want all the people to realize that we can enter the inner shrine. Enter the inner shrine. It's available. It's right here. This is the inner shrine. And you're just coming in here helps us. We look around, uh, as Father John Finley's homily one time, we look at our Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame pictures all around us, right? We see the saints. We understand the presence of the angels. The holy altar of God. The holy manna. The bread of life. So let me just read these comments from St. John Chrysostom about entering the inner shrine. About entering the church. Just as a calm and sheltered harbor provides great security to the ships moored there, so does the temple of God. When people enter it, it snatches them away from worldly affairs as from a storm and gives them the capacity to stand and listen to God's words in calm and security. This place is a bedrock of virtue and the school of spiritual life. You need only to set foot on the threshold of a church, and at once you are liberated from the cares of daily life. Go on into the church, and a spiritual dew will envelop your soul. The stillness there moves you to awe and teaches you how to live spiritually. It elevates your thoughts and prevents you from remembering things or matters belonging to this present life. It transports you from earth to heaven. And if there's such a great gain from simply being in church when no service is going on, then how much benefit will people derive from being present when the holy apostles proclaim the gospel? When Christ, sta when Christ stands in our midst and God the Father receives the mysteries that are performed and the Holy Spirit gives his joy inner shrine it's the inner shrine that's where we are we need to just so much be grateful for this and and drive ourselves here get here as much as you can just come in and sit and when the services are going on and the apostles are preaching the gospel And Christ is in our midst, and the Father receives the mysteries, and the Holy Spirit gives his joy. It's where you are right now. We need to allow this to be such a deep part of our life, an important part of our life, and see it as essential. Essential. And get here as much as you can. I long that we all see this. I long that I see this. I just don't take it for granted. So, let us rejoice in God's promise and unchanging purpose. We are his people. He is our God. He loves us. He's doing all things to save us. 
through union with his Son, we've inherited the kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.